This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to, well, this isn't a regular episode of 100 Words or Less, but thank you for coming anyways. I'm your host, Ray Harkins. Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. All the other holiday stuff that people celebrate during this time of the year. Of course, I don't want to be... Um, you know, excluding anybody. So uh, I'll just say holidays. So happy holidays to you. Hopefully you're surrounding yourself with loved ones, presents, football games, basketball games, and ultimately relaxation because this is the time of the year where everyone kind of is able to collectively slow down and and hopefully disconnect in some capacity. So I, I hope that you are doing that. I'm doing it to a certain extent, even though I started a new job. So I'm, you know, making sure I'm I'm staying on top of everything and then learning all of the intricacies that go into it so when the new year comes i'm not just like hey i don't know what i'm doing (laughs) so anyways this is a little different so uh, maybe about a month or so ago i took a poll on twitter and uh, most of you really enjoyed the shows that i previously did with some of my friends that were uh, not like the traditional podcasts i've done in the past so i'll give you an example so i did one with tom from washed up emo and then I did one with Mark Bricky from the Adventures in Design podcast. And people tended to really like those because they were they were very much a conversation. Not so, uh, I don't know, structured. I mean, granted, the conversations that I have with, with people in general on this show aren't very structured. But you get what I'm saying. So basically, once a month now, as opposed to the traditional interview that I do with people, I am going to have what's called a friendversation. So these are people who have either appeared on the show, um, who are good friends of mine, who I know that we have a lot to speak about and kind of bounce back and forth with one another. And uh, this one, your holiday edition, is with my good slash best friend, Joey Cahill. He is the owner of 6130 Records, and I have have a very long history with him. We lived together for a long time. Actually, at the moniker of what his record label is, the 6131 House in Huntington Beach. We lived there for a while. I lived with him in Long Beach when we lived at his mother's house. Uh, she didn't live there, to be clear. But <clears throat> anyways, um, so yeah, I, basically, I just kind of, you know, him and I shot some ideas back and forth. And uh, we landed on uh, this this fun little, I don't know, maybe mini episode. But like I said, once a month, I'll be sprinkling these in. And uh, hopefully, if you like them, please let me know. So email me, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com. And um, yeah, some stuff is changing next year. Um, The producer, Tom Richfield, he is stepping down. Basically, he doesn't have time to keep up with my massive amount of output that I do on a monthly, yearly, weekly basis. So he is gracefully stepping aside. So I'll be editing a few shows here and there until uh, there's a, a new friend of mine that's going to help with the the January episodes but uh, needless to say the show will go on I am saddened about Tom's departure but it was a total amicable split and I wish him all of the health wealth success just the best for him because I he he helped the show tremendously and this is my outpouring of love to him so thank you very much Tom I sincerely appreciate all that you have done so yes anyways here's my discussion with Joey and uh, yeah apologies the audio quality is less than stellar because uh, basically we were just recording phone calls um, because both of us are extremely busy and for whatever reason we can't seem to sync up. So uh, I wasn't in front of a computer. That's my fault. And um, But yeah, you'll, you'll get the gist of the conversation. It's very, very fun, good, and hopefully it 
is is what you're looking for. So yes, without further ado, here is my discussion with Joey, and um, yeah, enjoy. All right, now we're recording, Joey. Oh. <laughs> cool. We're doing this. We're doing it. So obviously, I brought us together to uh, start this somewhat reoccurring series of uh, talking about stuff we care about. I call I like it. I, I call it a friend conversation. Which, nice. <laughs> which which seems to me like I, I don't know. I I feel like I should have heard that by someone else at this point, but I've never heard that word before. Have you? Neither. No. Neither have I. Yeah. Well, let's let's trademark that so we don't get this out of the world. Yeah, you should, yeah, get a get a patent on that. <laughs> Taylor Swift um, marked everything. You can do it. Too. I did, wow, that's true. Yeah, she's in 1989, right? Like she's trying to trademark that. She trademarked the year 1989. Hmm. I mean, is that Kudos. just like, is that just internet I, reporting, or is that like the real deal? It could be both. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I know she, I know she trademarked uh, this sick beat, which obviously is an important okay. thing to trademark. So I wouldn't be surprised. True. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I yeah, I don't know. I definitely do you do you have like multiple websites registered or like are you that type of person like like I I think I have like six or seven websites underneath my Hover account that I've registered whether or not those projects will actually ever come to fruition is a different story, but no, I actually don't. I, they're all I mean, I, there's like a bunch of different 6131 sites, but they all link to mm-hmm. 6131. Got it. Well, you're 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 prudent. You're prudent about it. You uh, don't react, and I'm like, I'll spend twelve dollars on this, and then it's like, oh, <laughs> I guess I'll continue to. Huh, I'll I redo should, it again I, for another year. I, I think I have JoeyCahill.com, but that might have expired. Do you have Do you have Do you have your son's name? Because that that that's an important component to have. No, but I should. Do it, because that's who knows, man. You don't want some like weird squatter being on on your son's name and then he gets famous and then you have to pay a hundred thousand dollars to get the website back it's true so yeah there true. you go but this, this is not why we can't <laughs> this is not why we, yeah. this is not why we the tangent, the tangent we, have the gun that's uh, and that's why i think people enjoy it um the uh i wanted to talk to you about well first of all we we can mourn the loss of of audio because both you and i adored that service yes and did, did yeah. you get that email today in regards to like the like the farewell from audio like you can download your account here or whatever well i saw someone on facebook uh post theirs and I, yesterday so i went and did it yesterday and looked um nice like the, yeah i didn't um yeah i have a i have a confession to make and it's one I'm ashamed of, but I actually oh, about I, about three three four weeks ago before probably it was before Pandora bought Audio, I switched to Spotify. Wow, dude! How? <laughs> I mean, I like I, 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 and this is you know basically why we brought this up, just because I feel. Uh, I mean, we're in 2015, and like the access to music is obviously so great, but it's so interesting how like people consume music. Because like I, 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 as you know, I just recently started a new job, and you know I'm working with people who 
you know, music isn't the center of their world like it is for you and I. And so, like, kind of, yeah. but there are people who, like, you know, listen to music and know what's up. Like, there's a dude who likes metal, and he would ask me about, like, do you like Death Heaven? And I was like, oh, that's cool, you know that. <laughs> um, and I, I asked him, I said, you know, how do you listen to, how do you listen to, you know, do you use Spotify? Like, what do you use? Uh, and he's like, no, I just, uh, you just use YouTube, and then if I like it, I download it. But, like, you know, I think he's talking about download, like, you know, the, the non-legal way. Right. Um, oh, yeah. But it, it just – and then I hear I hear things like that, and I'm like, well, here's an adult. And I view most YouTube listeners as, like, you know, children. Like, that's how, like, a, you know, a 15-year-old boy or girl listens to music rather than, yeah. you know, a grown adult. It's just so bizarre. Yeah, I assume young kids use YouTube. Older people use streaming services and then someone uses yeah. buy things off iTunes. Right. <laughs> and then and then point zero zero four percent use title. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jay Z. But the I know. But so well, you're you're do you like like do you like Spotify? Is that a thing you uh, enjoy? No, I audio is way better. The reason I switched right. is because it was it was like the writing was on the wall. I mean it's like it's kind of like VHS or beta you know, HD, DVD, or Blu-ray, like, someone's going to come out on top. Whether I mean, I think, I don't know about Blu-ray and DVD, but, like, or HD, DVD, but, like, uh, VHS and Beta. Beta was the better technology. VHS just won. And it's, like, kind of looking, like, same with audio and Spotify. Like, I think audio is cleaner and easier to use and, you know, easier to search and find people and, you know, like, find your friends and whatnot where... Spotify, I think, is still kind of clunky, but mm-hmm. I hated, you know, I felt left out seeing, like, you know, people I follow on Twitter, like, you know, writers are, like, like posting, like, this is my, like, check out this playlist, and it's like, I can't, so finally, I, uh, yeah, I broke down, and I switched, Okay. and it was tough. Well, it's, a, it's okay, I think the, um, I mean, you have to make a choice, obviously, we can't. I know people like you and I can't exist in the world just being like, oh, whatever, like, we'll listen to music when we, we can. It's like, no, we need to have access to it when we want it. Yeah. But the, I mean, I think it's just so, I felt so helpless because I didn't, unlike you, I honestly, I really even wasn't thinking about it in those terms as far as what you were saying. Like, you know, someone has to rise on top because I felt like everybody had their corner. And yeah, of course it costs money to, uh, you know, have these services, but I, I, I thought in some capacity that they could all exist. I mean, not to the extent of where we have as many as we do now. It's like, you know, like, oh, Deezer and like all these other services. Like, uh, I don't know if you do you own any like Sonos products, like the, you know, Bluetooth, like speaker no. wireless thing. So uh, I own one for my living room and it's one of those things where they give you multiple options of connecting music services to it. And like, dude, there's like, 40 different options, like companies you've never heard of. I know. And so anyways, I just felt like, okay, of course, some of those are going to fall off. But it's like, yeah, the top like two or three could remain. So I I was blindsided and was just like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. And so like, (laughs) I just, yeah, I just felt helpless because I was like, okay, I used Spotify back when it first launched and I I didn't like it at all. So I was like, I don't want that as an option. So, I mean, I've basically, I've joined up with Apple Music and I'm doing that, even though... It's well, it's been okay. It's um, I mean, I like it because obviously Apple knows what they're doing in regards to integrating all their services together. So you feel, you know, you, you feel safe in their system, so to speak. Um, 
and like, you know, creating playlists and doing all that stuff is, is very, very simple and intuitive. And it's cool how it obviously syncs, syncs up across all devices, but you know, it's just one yeah. of those things I feel it's like, Oh yeah. Like RDO did that better, but um, yeah. Well, but I, I, don't, I don't feel like, I don't, I don't feel like the selection is any different. Like I don't feel like I'm ever missing anything from no. one service or another, but uh, I mean, Spotify is supposed to be larger, right? I think so, but I mean, who knows what that means? I mean, it could be like, you know, you know, classical musicians that they have more. Like anything that I want to listen to, that's in you know available available digitally. Like they have. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like everyone's gonna have it. You know, it's not right, like. Right. I mean, I know for a while, like Revelation was on Spotify, but they weren't on RDO for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And then they, then they, you know, were added to the, ended up on audio, but, but I think, yeah, yeah, for the most part, everything that I want to listen to is, is well, on that. yeah, on all of them. But I just feel like I, going back to, I guess the original point we were, you know, where we agreed on is the fact that like, we shouldn't feel helpless to feel like there's no sort of. You, you know, whatever elegant magic bullet solution for like, yes, this is the one that everybody can kind of agree on. I think that's what, uh, that's what frustrated me the most of just like, Oh, I have to choose like a shittier option. Fuck. Yeah. Well, and I guess I kind of always held out hope that RDO would, would make it with, because our distributor does, you know, weekly, biweekly or monthly calls. And they were like, they would talk mm-hmm. about RDO and it seemed like RDO like, found its niche in like Europe and other markets. I was like, okay, well maybe that's enough to like to keep it going. But then Oh like, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, then yeah, Pandora comes across it, and offers them a boatload of money. It's well <laughs> They're like, well, we can't say no to five gajillion dollars. Yeah. even though I mean what they sold for like three billion or something, or was it even less than that? I can't I think remember. it was less than that. Yeah. It wasn't yeah, I guess it was, the number wasn't very impressive because I think they saw the fact that we, we're going to basically dismantle that and like use pieces of their technology for ours. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy too that I guess Pandora, who's, you know, been around the longest from just, I don't know, like, I mean, that, that I remember that being active in the, you know, whatever, late 2000s. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's still obviously, a, you know, a, I mean, I guess because they can do ads or whatever, but. I've literally never used Pandora. I don't even like. I you, yeah, I use it for, like, if I'm, you know, like, having dinner with the family and just, like, you know, put Christmas music on the background or, like, I'm playing a video game and I kind of just want a certain, like, hey, play me everybody that sounds like Mogwai, you know? Then I do that. Yeah. But I never – it never occurs to me to, like, use it anywhere besides, like, my living room, you know? Yeah. Like driving in a car. Like yeah, I would never – Bands that sound like no effects. Right, right. And the, I, I mean, I do like the fact that it's so funny. It's like so comically scientific of like, this is, you know, yeah, a band like No Effects, they have, you know, downstroke guitar, palm muting, and like they, you know, they really boil it down to, you know, like I said, comical descriptions of bands where you're just like, that's accurate, <laughs> but I would never, you know, if someone were to ask me to describe the band, of course I would never describe it as such. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but. It's like the Netflix algorithms. Who knows? Who knows how those things work? <laughs> no, for sure. And yeah, I just, um, I don't know. So I, I, I hope that one of these services, obviously, you know, whether, I think the biggest complaint that the people have with Spotify is exactly what you're saying, where it's like, there's no 
you know, user interface is terrible. Like the design is obviously awful. Um, you know, the function, I guess, is okay, but it's just like, I just, you know, I hope that someone picks up, you know, where, where RELS off as far as just the easier interface of it. Yes. Well, it's like, I mean, that was my favorite thing about RDO was, you know, every Tuesday, now Fridays, going to the new release page and just scrolling through that. And Spotify has new releases, but it's just not, it's just not the same. It's not as easy That's to a really... navigate. And, like, it was like totally. going to a record store on Tuesday and, you know, picking up new records in this way I could do it from the comfort of my own home but you know I want it to be the easy to to find these things and yeah no for sure I, I can't tell you how many times I scrolled through that new release page and just and honestly like based on cover art alone which is like you said it very mimics very much of a record store experience where you're just like that that thing looks kind of cool um, and that yeah I can't tell you how many bands where it's just like oh this looks like total mellow indie pop that I really want to listen to right now. So of course I'll listen to that. It's like, you know, yeah. band like memory house that's on sub pop. I never would have listened to them if it wasn't for audio and like, Oh, this is kind of, you know, cool pastel cover art. So I'll check it out. And totally. Apple, Apple music is exactly the same way where it's just like the, the new releases are just like, Oh great. I didn't know Justin Bieber had a new record. Like, thanks. Of course I knew that. Like, yeah, but, <laughs> yeah that, is, well, that is frustrating. And I'm still navigating and learning about like things about Spotify, and they may have this, but what I love about RDO is like the trending page. It's like, oh, I can see what all of my friends are listening to, because you know, more often than not, I completely draw a blank with what I want to listen to. So if I see like, oh, Ray's listening to Handsome, like I want to listen to Handsome right now. Right. It, it, like, that is, it's so inspirational. That's a great. That's a great point where you can, yeah, and then you you end up like bouncing off of other trajectories that you know your friend. Just yeah. put you off in that direction for totally. So Spotify may have something like that. I don't know. I haven't found it. Um, but well, we'll hope, ho hopefully, power users of Spotify can hit up uh, at six one three one records on Twitter and point <laughs> him in the right direction because that would be uh, yeah. that, that could be helpful for Joey. Uh, totally. <laughs> yeah. The um, I also wanted to talk to you because I know that not, I mean you and basically most other independent record labels that exist right now have lamented over the issue of, of vinyl and vinyl production, because I think, um, I mean, I, I think I would dare say that like a good 90 to 95% of the music consumers out there don't realize that it's an issue like of the, yeah. and so, well, I mean, I, I guess take a sort of top down view, you know, kind of walk people through like what it is that you're, you're dealing with as far as the vinyl production and like the massive backup. I mean, there's just too many labels pressing too many records on vinyl, that <laughs> just clogging the, uh, the machine, you know, like, and it's, I mean, I think the epitome and it, there's been things before in the past that kind of like jumped out at me, but it's like this past black Friday record store day, uh, Sharknado 3 soundtrack was released on vinyl. Thank God. Why? Yeah. Why? Like, my records are being delayed because of this. Right. You know? So it's like, you know, we, it, I mean, if you get records within, you know, 12 weeks, the four, you know, 12, 14 weeks, it's like, wow, that was fast. <laughs> that's, cr that's crazy. That's crazy. There's people I know who have been waiting nine months for a record. Nine months. It, it it's is, all because the major labels, you know, they, they're they like, here's a 60,000-piece order. 
so everything gets pushed aside mm-hmm. so they make room for the you know the, the little guys yeah see so, you and then it, go ahead no go ahead i was just gonna say, and then it's like you know we all you know know about this like you know people you know involved but like you said the average your average consumer like they they can see you know people tweet about it but i don't think it's really like sets in like the amount of tweets or emails we get like where's my record it's like well as we've told you countless times via tweets or emails that we send out to everyone who buys it there's a delay like it's just it's so common these days that you know oftentimes we don't even set street dates for the vinyl the record will come out digitally or on cd or cassette which is a whole other topic uh and the vinyl comes out when it's out whenever it shows up at our door right kind of thing and um, it, and I think it's just uh, what we have to deal with until the bubble finally bursts. Yeah, it's crazy. I think to yeah, it doesn't show any signs of slowing down anytime soon. Um, I mean, I I just it it blows me away when like you go to a store and you buy want to buy a record and it's a single LP. I mean, not even gatefold, which doesn't add a lot of cost. Not 180 gram, which really doesn't add a lot of cost, and it's thirty dollars. Like, right. That's a that record cost them. I'll be I'll be extra generous and say seven dollars a unit, mm-hmm. and that's probably high. Totally. Like the, the the bubble will burst. It burst with CDs. It's it's bound to happen. Yeah. Um, it's I I think to to me the the sort of tipping point that I saw in regards to just the uh, the the overload, like you said, of obviously all the pressing plants was earlier in the year when, you know, United in Tennessee, which is, you know, one of the leading slash premier, you know, vinyl manufacturing plants, sent out that email to everybody being like, hey, so we don't don't need any new customers at all. So if you've never worked with us before, and it's like, dude, this is a business that is making money off of turning away business. Right. Like, to me, that was just like, holy crap, like this is uncharted waters, unprecedented, whatever you'd like to call it. It's totally, you know, reached that point of, of no return where that it, it's only going to get worse before, um, you know, it gets not, not, I mean, obviously it'll level out, but um, yeah, I, you do. I mean, I'm glad you brought up the whole price point thing. Cause I think this was, oh gosh, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago when property Zach, property Zach still existed. Um, he had me write a piece. Um, I, I can't remember exactly the premise or the point I was trying to make, but it was basically something along the lines of, of, you know, the economy of vinyl where it's just like, why, like, if you like records so much, like don't support this general idea of, like you said, you know, spending $30 on an LP that it like has nothing, there's no soul in it. You know, like you said, it's like, you know, papers and vinyl, like no insert, like no, no gainful, everything you were just talking about. Um, and it was so I kind of I, yeah I you know kind of walked through in the same fashion that you just did where it's like oh this is how much roughly it costs a unit and blah 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 and like why are they charging this much and it's like yeah you could argue that you know if it's a soundtrack if it's licensing and whatever there's other costs that are added to it but at of the course. end of the day there's there's still that predatory nature that happens when you do see um, people looking at a format and being like well, yeah let's squeeze blood out of this stone you know yeah and, and it's it was, just I mean it's just it's just makes me so mad because it's like you look at a label like Matador uh, the last Bell and Sebastian record they did like a 4 LP box set mm-hmm. which I ordered and it was like $35 4 LP box set like wow that's doing it right I mean maybe it was 40 bucks regardless like it was yeah it was 
slightly more than a single LP that you would buy at Urban Outfitters. You know? Right. Uh, <laughs> For sure. And I think, I mean, people like you and I too, like we, I mean, we're obviously a very, very small subset of collectors that, you know, like we're going to pay higher prices for stuff that people would define as absolutely absurd. Where they're just like, what do you mean you're spending, you know, whatever, $220 on a, you know, box set of this stupid thing or whatever, you know, like, yeah, we're, we're a minority. But then when you do walk into your, you know, your Amoebas and like you said, your Urban Outfitters and you see these the general music consumer that's buying a $30 black vinyl LP and doesn't realize that they are just, you know, they're getting bent over in so many ways. That That's when yeah. it's like, oh, God, like, that's, and maybe, not, that's and may, again. And maybe that's why it'll be okay. Like, it won't, the bubble won't burst, is maybe because there's so many mm-hmm. new consumers. Whereas, like, CDs, I feel like everyone was buying CDs, and the major labels were just like, oh, we can make more money off this. So they just kept raising the prices, and finally people were like, we've had enough. But with vinyl, right? you know, how I mean, how many people buying vinyl now were buying vinyl, you know, 10 years ago? You know, like where, you know, an LP was 10 bucks. So it's like, mm-hmm. they, I, I think the, the majority of people probably haven't seen, like, the, the, the price go up so, so heavily. That's true, yeah. If their base of knowledge starts off at – you know, 25 to $30 for a single LP, then like, I mean, there's only one way to go. And that's obviously like down because, you know, there, there comes a certain point where the people who are, have been fans of the format for a longer period of time are just going to be like, no, I'm not interested in that. But then, I mean, but then again, then you see those people who are obviously like more, you know, dedicated or avid collectors who are just gravitating towards the whole, um, you know, re-release, more elaborate packaging like you know there's more care dedicated in that so a person is willing to pay a little bit more money for that because yeah, totally it, it obviously it has a soul behind it as opposed to yeah well we're just doing this because we're just you know raping our our uh our vaults of master tapes and master rights yeah but totally. do you and uh, you brought you brought a good point in there of the um I mean, I think it's funny because so many people uh, obviously hate cassettes. I mean, I'm I hate cassettes. You hate cassettes. Like that's. I mean, I it's not public knowledge. But I guess mean, who's guess who's buying cassettes? Me. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. What have you bought, Joey? Come on, man. I mean, I bought, is this I gonna be like brand... you? Is this? Oh, you bought. Oh, okay, you bought the brand new like demos. Brand new tape, like the self defense tape. You know, I like. <laughs> I was just in Boston, and it was like I bought the Ice demo, and I got a free demo, and uh, the Firewalker demo. Like I don't have a tape player. I'm literally never, unless they're on Bandcamp, I'm literally never going to hear them. But I, <laughs> well, that I mean that just that just speaks to your um, your your collector's nature. It's true. You, you I also, well, I appreciate a demo <laughs> tape. You right. Know, like, right. I appreciate it. Like, it's not a CD. It's not just a link on Bandcamp. Like, I appreciate a demo tape. Like, it reminds me of going to shows when I first started going to shows and my car still had a tape player and bands had demo tapes. Like, mm-hmm. that's cool. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that, I mean, that that's a different story than just, you know, I mean, the, I mean, obviously, people that, again, just your average music consumer is probably not making the connection of, Oh, cassettes take like a week and a half turnaround, so we can get those manufactured immediately. 
and that's why there is that other option of a more tangible physical release because vinyl is impossible to get produced in a timely manner. Oh yeah, I mean we started doing cassettes. But, I mean for that reason, you know we get them right. quick. They're there by street date. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's there is a market. Still, for, you know it'd be small, but there's a market for them. Mhm. Yeah, and it still so. it still gives people that sort of you know that again that tangible I want to hold the music sort of vibe that obviously vinyl completely embodies and then tapes now obviously having to supplant that because there's it's not an option. <laughs> yeah. But it's it, it just um yeah I don't know it, it, it it's one of those things where uh, I I have. I have faith that obviously the the vinyl will become pulled through to the other side to where it, like it does find an appropriate level um, to where it doesn't obviously go so far as to swing in the other direction where it's just like, oh, yeah. I mean, even if it does, obviously, it doesn't matter to people like you and I because we're still going to be dumb and collect it. But um, that, it just because I just hate to see, you know, your average showgoer kid, you know, shelling out so much money for something that is, you know, really not, I mean, I guess that you could, you could maybe equate it to t-shirts as well, where it's like, it seems like the bare minimum that a man charges for a t-shirt is 15 bucks yep. these days. And like, and most of the times it's like, now I'm, uh, now I'm even being like, oh, $20, that's not that bad for a t-shirt. I'm like, wait, hold on. Yes, it is. It's terrible. I mean, I, t-shirts, I, like for a band on tour, I understand. I remember when. I think it was like Half Heart Ceremony Blacklisted Tour, and they all sold shirts for $12. Maybe it was only 15 And it was just like, right. oh, wow. Like, they're going for it. Like, they're making that jump. But it was also at that time, like, gas prices were crazy high. And, like, they're, you know, I get that. Like, if you can squeeze out a couple more bucks because you got to, you know, you're in California and it's, you know, $4 a gallon to get your 15-passenger van in a trailer. Like, all right, I can, I can, I can accept that. Right. But, um, there, there definitely, there definitely is that, um, that kind of, um, you know, non, non-verbal social, social con- contract in regard to merchandise because you do feel that because there is that, you know, I mean, literally a hundred percent markup on, on shirts and other, you know, clothing goods, that it does go immediately back into the band's pocket. Yeah. There is that, you know, like you said, that sort of direct, like hand to mouth like we have to charge twelve dollars because we can't we have no other way of yeah. being able to fund ourselves at the next show or whatever. I mean I went and saw Run the Jewels the other night and I was like, oh maybe I'll buy a shirt and they were twenty five dollars and I walked in and I was like, Nope, not buying a shirt. Like that that, that I just I mean I know what shirts cost. I yeah. know what they and especially at the quantities they're making them in. Like I just can't spend twenty five dollars on a shirt. Yeah, I know. It, I'm I'm the same way. I mean I, 20 is the most nice, and I think when I saw it, whatever, when Hum played last fall, uh, well, no, not last fall, like two, like a month ago. Yeah, I guess it was, I mean, it's, we're, like we're still in fall, but it's almost last fall, technically. Totally. My my mind has moved on to, like, 2016, but, uh, yeah, I think their their shirts were 20 bucks, and I, I had no problem selling that out because I was like, when am I going to buy a Hum shirt again? But then, yeah, when you do have that run-in with us, like, well, this is a pretty active touring outfit, and, like, yeah, I can, uh, I don't know, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. It does have to... Go ahead. Well, what's crazy is, like, 
I was like, if they had a sweatshirt, I'd buy a sweatshirt. It's like, I, I, I don't really have a problem with spending $40 on a $45 on a sweatshirt for some reason. But it's like $25 for a t-shirt. It's like, I got to draw the line there. Well, but then, but then I think you would, if you got up to like the 50 to, you know, $60 range for a sweat, you know, a hoodie or something, you, you know, alarm bells would probably go off there. Yeah, totally. I also with, I think with sweatshirts, I can, you know, I wear a t-shirt once and I throw it in the wash. Like I can wear a sweatshirt a few times before I need to wash it. I'm not that, I'm not that messy of an eater. So (laughs) maybe I I get more use out of it. So it's like, all right, I can, you know, spending a little more money, it's going to get a little more more time. Right. But then it's, but then it's awful. Hello. Oh, can you hear me? There you go. You're back. Oh, Hey, but then I, I said sweatshirt on eBay. It's awful because it costs so much to ship a hoodie. I just shove, shove them in, uh, priority <laughs> mailers. <laughs> right. Just, just wrap it up like as tight as you possibly can. Yep, and just cover that thing with tape. <laughs> that's per that's I got that's um, good. That's good to know for the future. Unless unless you need to sit and then except when they go to Europe, then it's Oh yeah. Horrible. Then you're right, then you're you're people are paying almost like the same amount for shipping yeah. as they do for, you know, the final cost of the good. Yeah. Um I I also wanted to be just because I know in the past <clears throat> people have and I it's it's funny because, you know, the, the, the bands that you and I are probably going to both mention in regards to the whole, you know, buried treasure, whatever, like, you know, these are bands that have existed in our lives for a long time. And then we kind of take for granted that like, Oh yeah, like no one knows about them anymore. And I, I think that's what's so like, I remember um, I talked to my friend, Tom Mullen, who does that washed up emo podcast. And I mentioned Neil Perry and granted, yeah, Neil Perry is not a household name, but like, the amount of feedback I got from people being like, where do I find Neil Perry? And I was like, oh, shit, that's right. Like, where I don't um, I don't know. I guess I could email you a song if you're interested. It's weird, but. You could probably um, find that CD for pretty cheap on eBay, the discography CD. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess I could have pointed people there. But, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's funny because you, you just don't think of these things as being like, oh, yeah, like, you know, yeah, it's Neil Perry. But then you're like, oh, yeah, no one knows who that is. But so yeah. I guess that, that, that brings us to the point of the uh, – Buried Treasure slash we Joey and I want to recommend music that <laughs> you should potentially listen to that is uh, you know forgotten in some respects. So I'll let the floor is yours, my friend. You can uh, present the the first subject up. Uh, mine is a band. They were a hardcore band from Oxnard, California, called In Control. Um, they were just you know people ask me like oh you know what's your favorite hardcore band and I say In Control and they're like what. Like, <laughs> totally. I mean, they they put out two LPs on Indecision, a seven inch on Ravelry, and they had another seven inch and a demo. Which six and three one had the, uh, the the pleasure of re-releasing a few years back when they played a reunion. We did a twelve inch of both, but uh, they were just to me like the perfect hardcore band, like fast, good breakdowns. They actually, you know, their songs had something to say. Um. And they just came came to me in a time in my life when I didn't have a lot of friends going to hardcore shows, and like through them became friends with them, and just made friends with, you know, a lot of people I'm still friends with today. Um, you know, traveled the East Coast with them, and yeah, they were just the uh, yeah everything I would want. You got a lot more, right? You got a lot of attached attachment to that. I 
Ingersoll is such a bizarre band because it's like I think if you did not live in Southern California, you didn't you no one knows about them outside of Southern California. No. Like so many people have, and I mean I say Southern California, I mean like all of Southern California, from Orange County to L.A. to you know Oxnard Ventura, like to San Diego. It's like their presence, you know, while they were never a huge band, loomed somewhat large where they would play shows and it would be like, oh, wow, like oh, those, sing-alongs and positive I mean, and like, especially the PCH club. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that was, I don't know if that was the first time I saw them, but, you know, they were like, when I was uh, a younger, a younger lad and had no problem driving, like, you know, I would go to shows in San Diego, living in Long Beach, go to San Diego, then go to Bakersfield, then go to Santa Barbara. And then, you know, they were just one of those bands that would that would get a lot of like the local shows, like the open, and you know, just instantly like I was drawn to them. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, like it's so weird because like you know, I for a week traveled the East Coast with them, and like they, you know, there were kids at the shows, and like they played with good bands, so there were kids there, but you know, no one really knew who they were. But then like you know, their last show, there was like six hundred people out of Fets Hall in Oxnard. You know, like right. you know, a normal normal show. There's you know, fifty kids singing along and, and moshing and having a great time. Right. So it, it was, like, it, it's it's just it's so bizarre. And I'm sure there's bands like that from literally every every scene in the country. But they are they right. are that the, band for me. Like they're the band that I wish what, everyone what? knew about. An important question that I always find in these is like, because you obviously have to pick some sort of. I guess, jumping off point for a person. Like, so, you know, say I'm coming into this to in control. I'm like, okay, this sounds interesting. Where would you push people towards that would be kind of the most reflective thing, whether it's an LP song, whatever you want to recommend, but just to, you know, push people off. And if they like that, then they'll probably like the rest of the stuff. I mean, I could selfishly say that the demo in seven is that we released, but I won't. No, uh, you can, hey, it, I mean, I you do, call, I do call, think, call it like you see it. I think they're seven inch, um, which is just the Nard Curse EP is probably their my favorite stuff, but I think the Another Year LP is probably their best record. Like the demo in Seven Inch is just like when I got into them, so those songs just resonate with me more than anything else. But Another Year was uh, their first LP, and I think that's a perfect place to start. Like the recording is good. Like it's probably got some of their best songs. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. I think so. no, I, I agree with you. I think I think the LP is definitely. Uh, for an uh, you know an unversed person who obviously doesn't get to witness the you know the live fun that was in control, it's like that that's you know a very appropriate place for people to you know segue into the rest of their stuff. And I mean, it's you know I don't remember how many songs exactly, but you know you're not you're not putting in a lot of work. It's you know 20 minutes <laughs> of your time to get through the LP, right. and you know I couldn't recommend it more. Sure, and you'll. And to be fair, you'll know pretty quickly if it's for you or not. Yeah. Like I mean, it's it's not like you know, youth crew hardcore. It's, it's but it's not like. I mean, there's probably more of a punk vibe, but I mean, they have you know, they're like good breakdowns and good sing-alongs. Mm-hmm. There's melodic. That's there's what they, even like. There's even like melodic songs, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's great. Yeah, that's the, so there. There it is. In control, another year on Indecision Records. That is Joey's buried treasure, or you know, forgotten about dusty toy in the corner that doesn't get played <laughs> with as much as it should. 
the uh, the the band that I wanted to bring to the table was uh, a band called On the Might of Princes. Princes. Oh, yeah. So I know you. I'm fairly certain you were on. Were you on tour with us when we played with them in Long Island? Yeah. Or, or okay, that, that's that, what I that was the only time I saw them. Was that? Show. Yeah. I think I I may I may have seen them once more because I think they may have played a. I think they played a festival that I was at. I can't remember, but I, yeah, they, that was definitely the. Weren't they? Did they play Chain Reaction, or were they scheduled to play and then canceled? I, I for some reason remember that they were supposed to play Chain Reaction, but I could also be making it up completely. No, no, let's say that that triggers a memory for me as well. I think that was on like the Rev LP. Yeah. So the the Sirens touring cycle that they were supposed to do, and that's when they broke up. So yeah, no, I think you're right. I think they were. Scheduled supposed to didn't. Okay. Right. Yeah. No, you're, I think it. you're correct. No, no, you're, that that totally triggered a memory. of like, oh yeah, that's right. They were supposed to do that. Um, but yeah, On the Mind of Princess was a was a band that existed in like I don't know the ninety you know eight to two thousand early two thousands, and they uh, from Long Island you know definitely came up in the same scene as Taking Back Sunday, brand new movie life you know all of that sort of stuff. Um, kind of you know I, I would say you know. Played played around with the whole screamo vibe, like definitely has a kinship to you know Thursday, except a little more aggressive, but then had a really strong sense of melody as well. Um, they only put out two LPs. Uh, I think one EP, right? The one that no, the EP think, that came I out. I think before. they had three LPs, but one like the first oh, LP was, not, but the first one's not very good. That's right. That's right. I, I for some reason I always classified that as an EP, even though yeah, no, I think you, you, you're correct. So yeah, three LPs. Um, I'd be, uh, I'm totally blanking on that. Well, so there's the, the one that Joey and I just mentioned, uh, that came out of Revelation. That was their last LP. It's called Sirens. Um, and then the, I guess, technically second LP, um, I'm totally blanking on the name of it right now. Um, Can you help me? I'm blanking also, but I'm looking it up as we go. Where you yeah, are and where you want to be. There you go. I knew it was, um, I was like, it's a Taking Back Sunday lyric. <laughs> but... That's, um, you know, it's funny, I never put that together. That's really funny. Yeah, I, there you go. Um, so, yeah, but the band, I remember, too, there was, all, there was a lot of heat going into the band signing with Rev, because, like, I know, if I remember correctly, it was, like, you know, weird labels like Drive Through were interested, and, like, it was just a weird weird thing that this band had got so much attention, like, because I think they just, no one could really put them in a certain genre it was like well they're kind of hardcore but kind of punk but kind of like they sing and they got melody and so no one no go ahead there was they were just so hard to put your finger on like what they sounded like yeah no one knew what to do with them no um, but but that's what but like re revisiting uh that that second lp Oh, I mean, it, even though the recording quality is is less than stellar, it's still really good. And I, even though a lot of people totally aren't fans of the Rev LP, the Sirens LP, I, I liked it. There's really good songs on it. Um, I, I, that's just a record I need to, to revisit. Like I, I didn't like yeah. it initially, and I kind of always just stuck with the where you are and where you want to be. That I've never yep. really gone back to Sirens. Yeah, there's like it, it's weird because I think the middle of the Sirens record is really good, but then it's just like there's uh, I don't know I think they're really experimental on the the front end and the back end of the record as far as just like it it, it, it just wasn't them they were like trying to do something really challenging or something I don't know I just I haven't revisited that record in a long time either but um, but yeah but that is a band that like 
I haven't heard one person mention that, even though I mentioned it when I thought of, you know, when you and I were preparing to talk and I tweeted that I was just like, shit, I don't have any of their vinyl. What the fuck is wrong with me? Um, when I tweeted out about it, uh, there was a lot of people who were just like, oh, great band, great band. And I was like, it's just, I don't know, it's weird that we live in the age of the internet where everybody can be talking about something and then no one can be talking about something, but everybody's thinking about it. I don't know. It's just, it's weird because <laughs> I haven't, th- I haven't thought about it in ever. And then uh, other people, you know, I, I at least had like six or seven separate people being like, oh, great band. I was like, why isn't, it, why isn't anybody talking about this thing? I, I tweeted randomly about Breather Resist. Um, and maybe save this for another one of these. But this was like, man, Breather Resist was great. So I don't even know what my tweet was. But I got so many people being like, yeah, that band was awesome. Just being like, <laughs> I don't know anyone else liked this band. Like, Right. It just caught me off guard. Like, you never hear anyone talk about them. But, you know. No. Yeah. It's it's really strange. But, yeah. So, I, I would recommend people listening to On the Might of Princess because, uh, I mean, yeah. So granted, the, it's difficult to find on streaming services. Uh, I mean, the, the Revelation LP, Sirens, is easy to find. Um, but all their previous material, you have to do some internet sleuthing, but you'll be able to, to find it. And it has... All, that, all their stuff has come out on vinyl, so well, with the exception of the Rev LP, which is funny because I I think that should have been reissued at some point. I'm sure Rev will do that. Yeah. Probably for some, they're saving it for some record store day. Thing. Yeah. So they're running out of things to to press record store day, so it's got to be on the list. <laughs> right. Just, as long as they do the last Curl to Die record first, then that's fine. Dude, they're not. I know they're never going to do that, are they? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. It's so. I, re- I remember trying to uh, get No Sleep to license that, and it was one of those things where it was just like, I for the uh, I mean Rev wasn't looking for anything like hugely substantial as far as an advance is concerned for the record, but it was one of those things like the finances just so didn't work out to where I was like, I feel bad making a friend of mine spend money on another friend of mine to like, <laughs> <laughs> to, to, like selfishly have this thing in the world for me just to have yeah. on the shelf. That's almost worth it. Yeah, actually, yeah, you know, it, 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 yeah, maybe in retrospect, I should have done that. It's fun. They just need to, they just need to play a few shows and make rev and make it worth it for rev. I know. Uh, yeah, that'll be the day, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, Joey, thank you very much for hanging out, and uh, this is this was fun. I I look forward to more of these sessions moving forward. Uh, thank you very much for having me. So there was our discussion. Hopefully uh, you really did feel like you were listening into two friends kind of catch up. So uh, that's what I'm trying to really harness here. Um, anyways, thank you to Joey for taking the time out of his busy child-rearing schedule to make sure that, uh, yeah, we can hang out and talk. I appreciate that. And many of you have been asking about the year-end episode that I always do with Joey and my good friend Jeremy. Uh, I basically, I had a technical snafu to where we are recording at the very, very early onset of January to get that show out to you as quickly as possible. So I promise it is coming and, um, yeah, you'll get it as soon as I possibly can get it out to you. So anyways, have a good holiday, have a good new year's, all that other fun stuff. There will be a regular episode coming up next week and, um, yeah, I'll talk to you then. Please be safe, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.